It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. Ego is a word often used in the negative context. But whether that part of the human element brings positive or negative results is dependent upon whether we control it or it controls us. We'll discuss that in our thought of the day. And later in today's interview, Ryan Holiday wrote a brilliant book entitled Ego is the Enemy. What exactly does he mean by that? And how do we utilize that wisdom for our success and happiness? That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. When we hear the word ego, what often comes to mind is a person who appears to think much too highly of themselves, a braggart or someone who is basically self-absorbed. That's certainly one aspect of it. In a sense, though, as are most aspects of the human being, ego itself is neither good nor bad, it simply is. By basic definition, ego is simply the I or self of any person, that part of us that recognizes our individuality, that we are a thinking feeling person, distinguished and separate from others. When I say separate from others, I understand that brings up the argument, well, aren't we all connected? And I believe on a greater level we are. There's that universal plane, often referred to as universal consciousness. In his book, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill famously talked about the mastermind. Of course, until we someday find this out for ourselves, for sure, we don't really know about that, but I suspect it's true that on a higher level, we are all connected and interconnected. And that does not in any way conflict with the fact that in our human earthly existence and experience, we live, operate, and function as individuals, living our lives in such a way that we seek and pursue happiness as we understand happiness based on our own unique individual values. When we as an individual are in control of our ego, We're able to direct that natural part of our being to accomplish productive, often great things, both for ourselves and for our families, communities, and society as a whole. On the other hand, ego can cause significant damage when it controls its human host. In other words, when our thoughts and decisions are ego-driven, now the context is created for negative experiences to take place. These include, but are certainly not limited to, unnecessary arguments, unkind words and acts that hurt others as well as ourselves, bad buying, spending, or investment decisions, and, well, the list could go on and on, right? How often throughout world history have evil dictators driven by their egos caused wars and catastrophes such as masses of people unnecessarily starving, struggling for survival, events taking place even today? I really appreciate Bridgewater Company founder and philosopher Ray Dalio's quote in which he says, I believe that the biggest problem that humanity faces is an ego sensitivity to finding out whether one is right or wrong and identifying what one's strengths and weaknesses are. How profound. An uncontrolled or even misdirected ego is the cause of most of our problems both individually and societally. And Ray Dalio's story, which we'll be sure to feature in a future episode, is that of a man who has controlled his ego made it work for him, for his employees, his clients, and really for everyone whose lives he touches. He's built not only a financial fortune, but a very happy and fulfilling personal life. 
As important as it is to be consciously aware of how our own ego might be affecting our thoughts, words, and actions, it's hugely important when dealing with others to understand and be aware that their ego is most likely driving their thoughts, words, and actions. Thus, if we are transacting with someone who is saying or acting in such a way that it's counterproductive to a peaceful, win-win situation or solution, there's a really good chance that their ego is at play. So if you want them to be more open to your ideas or suggestions, you must first handle their ego with extreme care. And it's really up to you to do that. Now that might seem unfair. I mean, shouldn't they take responsibility for their own ego? Should I have to be aware of both mine and theirs? Well, fair or unfair, navigating the often difficult and sometimes treacherous waters of dealing successfully with others is up to us because we are aware of the situation and the chances are they are not. The good news is that so long as you are willing to take on this responsibility, you'll have great success with others while helping them to benefit as well. And so long as you're the boss of your own ego, your life can be an amazing experience of ongoing joy. Are you a successful entrepreneur or sales professional, but you know you have the potential for even greater sales success? Reality is, most entrepreneurs, small business owners, and corporate salespeople aren't nearly as successful at selling as they could be. Fortunately, it need not be that way for you. Join me, along with my brilliant business partner and strategist, Kathy Tejanel, for two days in Orlando, Florida, and attend our Go-Giver Sales Academy. Go-Giver Sales Academy will help you communicate more value to your customers, reach more people with your exceptional value, sell at full price, become objection-proof, and embrace the abundance that's your birthright. You'll work personally with Kathy and me in a small, mastermind-like environment. These workshops are limited to only 12 people, so it'll be impactful and transformational. Learn more at GoGiverSalesAcademy.com and see what others are saying. Click the link in the show notes. Remember, money is an echo of value. Ryan Holiday has fit a lot of wisdom, life experiences, and great success into his just under 30 years on this planet. Since dropping out of college at 19 to apprentice under one of my favorite authors, Robert Greene, he served as director of marketing for American Apparel, has founded Brass Check, a marketing agency company that has served clients including Google, Taser, and Complex, as well as numerous best-selling authors, and he is editor-at-large for the New York Observer. He's also already authored four books. You might know him for his previous book, The Obstacle is the Way, a major bestseller. His newest one is amazing and destined to become a classic. It's entitled Ego is the Enemy. And the wisdom he shares in this book is, I believe, a major key to living a successful, fulfilling, and happy life. The book draws on a vast array of stories and examples from literature to philosophy to history to his own experience. He turns his attention to the internal obstacle we face in our pursuit of success, ourselves. You can order his book at his website, which is ryanholiday.net. That's holiday with one L. Uh, they'll be in the show notes, uh, of, of course, as well. I can't recommend this book highly enough. Now, throughout the read, the thought that kept coming back to me was, my younger self owes my current older self an apology. 
<laughs> and the reason is that I look back on so many of my ego-driven thoughts, words, and actions and see how had I had and followed Ryan's wisdom back then, it would have cut my success curve by many, many years. Of course, Ryan, you weren't even born back then, never mind having written the book. Welcome, my friend. Congrats on a, on a fantastic book. Thank you. And look, I, I, I feel like my younger self owes my older self an apology as well. <laughs> but when I, I, I think one of the hardest things for me to do when I look back at some of my early writing or decisions that I make, I think what I find most appalling is like the certainty and mm. the and the, the certainty that wasn't deserved, right? Or the lack of empathy or the, the simplicity with which our younger selves often look at things. And I think that primarily comes from both ego and I think that sort of youthful arrogance mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. is a result of not having enough experience to be as humble as we need to be yet. That's right. Well, that's a, a great way to see it. Now, Stoic philosophy most definitely plays a part in this book, Ryan. How so and why? I, I was introduced to Stoicism as a, as a young man, and I, I found it to be a philosophy that, that sort of has a lot of the answers that I was looking for in life. You know, when people hear philosophy, they tend to think, you know, some impractical theoretical framework that isn't going to mm -hmm. be very useful. You know, Stoic philosophy is, I, I call it sort of philosophy for doers. You know, when the most prominent, uh, you know, example or, or, or practitioner of your philosophy is Marcus Aurelius, you know, one of the great Roman emperors, it, it sort of kick things, it kicks things off in the right direction, at least. So I define Stoicism as a philosophy that says, you know, we don't control what happens to us. We control how we respond. Right. And to me, that's a great recipe for life. Mm -hmm. Now, early on in the book, you say, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, your worst enemy already lives inside you, your ego. Now, in the earlier segment of this podcast, I gave a rather balanced view of ego. And, and you say in the book, when directed or managed, that that's fine. Now, while you share both sides of that and ego is the enemy, you really show us how counterproductive to one's success and happiness our, our ego can be. So I want to go back to the beginning here. Why is this a topic of such passion to you that I think you had ego is the enemy actually tattooed on your arm, correct? I, I did. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent reminder. Look, I, I think uh, first off, I make the distinction between ego and confidence. I think there's a lot of value in confidence, but I think confidence has to be based on what is real, you know, what, it, what we have earned, what we know. And mm -hmm. ego is is almost by definition not based on those things. It's based on what we feel or what we wish. And so I think I think look it, everything from the current election that we're seeing to um, you know the the cult of a, a Steve Jobs or a Kanye West that culturally we've begun to value feeling over facts or what we want to be true over what is true or what we. Like you know, self-esteem not not because of our inherent worth as people, but self-esteem because someone said we're amazing, or you know, our parents think we're we're extra special, right? And and that these are ultimately very dangerous, very dangerous ideas when you come smack, uh, you know, smack right into the, the brutal reality of the world, which you know to put it lightly, doesn't care about you. Right. And unhealthy. Well, uh, let, let's go to your definition that you use in the book for ego, uh, because we always want to check our premise and, and know that we're, we're going from the same yeah. foundation, if you will. So you defined it in the book that you said, that how we'll use it in this book is an unhealthy belief in our own importance. Uh, and you mentioned arrogance, uh, self-centered ambition, uh, the need to be better than or more than recognized for far past any reasonable utility. 
I think that's right. Yeah, that, that that's that's how I I say it. I say it. And and look, I think this is this is pretty common sense for people. You know, I, I'm not talking about ego in the Freudian sense. I'm talking about the ego that we colloquially use. Colloquially, mm-hmm. ugh, we use colloquially um, <laughs> when, when we yeah. when we when we say, "Hey, you know, that person has a huge ego," or "That's right. all right. ego," or "Check your ego at the door." That's what I'm referring to. I'm not referring mm-hmm. to. Hey, I know that I'm good at this because right. I put in the work. Right. Now, in in so in the book, and I mean, this is just this was so fascinating. We learn what could be called the very cautionary tales of of people with, I guess, you could say, egos gone wild. Right. From sure. a, a, a few examples, John Delorean to Xerxes to Howard Hughes, and I didn't know. So I had never seen the movie and hadn't. Uh, yeah, I read a lot of biographies, and I for some reason I never really read that much on Howard Hughes. I didn't realize uh, the story you shared about him. But one of the saddest stories had to do with an early mentor of yours, Dove uh, Charney, the former CEO of American Apparel. Mm-hmm. Can you give a, a sort of a, a brief overview of that and then tell us, is that, uh, I guess, a classic example of how an uncontrolled ego uh, can lead a very talented person to a downfall? Well, I, I think it's, it's a common story, right? You see an entrepreneur who creates uh, a great company, they're a contrarian thinker, they're brilliant, they're controversial, they're all these things. And as they become more successful, instead of tempering those traits or adjusting them for the new environment that they are in, they double down on them. And mm. and, and at a certain point, all of those strengths become not only not strengths, they become profound weaknesses. You look yes. at someone like Steve Jobs is a similar example, right? He's the brilliant creative mind behind Apple's founding. But at a certain point, the, when, when the board of directors fire Steve Jobs from Apple, I know in retrospect, it seems like a bad decision because he came back and he turned it into uh, you know, one of the world's most profitable companies. But if you were on the board of directors of Apple, or if I was, we would have fired Steve Jobs mm-hmm. and we would have been mm-hmm. right to do so. He would go around berating employees. He was woefully behind on his deadlines. He was massively under budget or over budget. Um, you know, his his units weren't selling. He'd become a, a cancer a, a, in the company. And it was only in being fired that he eventually did some of the work on himself that allowed him to come back. Right. He grew. Yeah, he he yes. grew and he, yeah, yeah, he directed his ego. When, when he came back, he, I'm not saying he was egoless. That would be right. absurd. He had an <laughs> enormous course. ego. But you could argue that the few mistakes that he did make as a CEO and as a person were probably rooted in that same mm-hmm. ego as well. So, look, I'm not saying that, that you know, incredibly successful people have no ego. What I'm saying is that ego is dangerous. It's a weakness in those people. Right. And often their mistakes are rooted in that ego and their greatest successes are in the moments when they were able to, mm-hmm. to transcend it. Yeah, and the lessons that you teach with some of these these uh, examples in the book from people from history—it's a fun read. So you know, if, just for anybody who wants to to read history, you know, in in, in a fun way and get to know some people, uh, it, it was really it was really fascinating. Now you also inspire us uh, with stories of role models such as Catherine Graham of the Washington Post, uh, baseball Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson. Uh, General George Marshall, whose understanding of their situations, their strengths and weaknesses, whose understanding of themselves helped them to overcome difficult situations and become highly effective leaders. I, I think that's I think that's right. I, I'm not just saying, hey, ego is terrible. 
you must excise it from your life. What I want to show is that the, there are people who are not driven by their own egos and that these people were extraordinarily accomplished and successful, you know, more so than we might even reasonably dream to do ourselves. And so I, I wanted to sort of definitively put to bed that myth that, you know, people go, but isn't ego a good thing? Because doesn't it drive you to do, you know, doesn't it drive you to greatness? I think it drives some people to greatness and then eventually into destruction. But there are there are other ways to get to greatness and 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 humility is one of them. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us and speaking of humility, because people who can tap into this uh, can be hugely successful, yet it seems so counterintuitive at first. Tell us about the canvas strategy. Well, this is the strategy that I've tried to base my own career on, which is like, instead of making it all about you, it's it's about making yourself indispensable to an organization. Mm -hmm. It's adding incredible amounts of value. It's it's uh, it's it's sort of deferring credit. It's sharing credit. It's it's bringing a lot more to the table than you could ever, you know, potentially hope to capture yourself. And 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 the thinking being that um you have an incredible amount of influence that way. You're viewed mostly as non-threatening, um, and and you're well. Well, everyone else is is sort of seen as as this person out for themselves. You're the one that people think of because um, they can trust you, they can rely on you, um, and they know that you make everyone else around you better. Okay, now I'm going to read a few quotes, if that's okay. Let's do it. Uh, and then, okay, and then ask you to tie something together. You quote Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor, founder of Logotherapy, as saying, man is pushed by drives, but he is pulled by values. You later say that without values, success is brief. Uh, later in the book, you quote Marcus Aurelius as saying, it can ruin your life only if it ruins your character. You write near the end of the book, the only real failure is abandoning your principles. I love the connection of values to character and principles and being that, uh, or, or those which I guess overcomes drives. Tell us more, if you will. Yeah, I, I think what, what Frankel was was looking at, certainly post uh, the Holocaust, is, is this idea that you know, man is not, although man has dark urges and can do terrible things, he is not simply defined by his biology. And in fact, it's things like religion and philosophy and culture and principles that make us better than we are, you know, naturally are, or we would be if left purely to our own devices. And so what I, I guess what I'm talking about is, you know, if, if ego is in charge and the ego is just satisfying itself all the time, that's sort of the worst of ourselves. But if we are attached to some larger purpose or some larger principle, the, the philosopher Heraclitus, he says, character is fate. Um, you know, if you have good character, you have good principles, and that's what's guiding your decision. Ultimately, you're going to do the right thing and you're going to end up in the right place. And so that's that essentially what I'm the entire book is about to me, which is mm -hmm. which is not being driven by selfishness and greed, but being driven instead by purpose and 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 a larger mission. And in continuing to do that as we work on ourselves and as we you know manage the ego direct it and we become more effective we become more valuable to those around us in a sense in closing the book you uh, you you said something very profound uh, because you reminded us in a sense what it's really about you said sweep the floor every minute of every day why is that yeah, 
I, <laughs> I was having a conversation while I was re reading, researching the book with a, a friend of mine. He's a philosopher and he's a, a martial arts um, expert. His name is Daniele Bolelli. And, and he was, he was, he said, you know, Ryan, enlightenment is a bit like sweeping the floor. Just because you've done it once doesn't mean that it's clean forever. It's a continual process. You have to sweep every single day. And, and I think, you know, fighting the ego is the same way. I'm not saying, hey, if you meditate in the morning, you know, ego is gone forever or that, <laughs> you know, reading this book is, 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 you know, some sort of inoculation against ego. It doesn't work that way. It's a process. And the more successful you are, the, the more that the ego is sort of there, um, mm -hmm. you know, and also when you're going through difficult adversity, ego is there as well. So it's this continual process of making sure that you are not making decisions or taking actions out of ego. Ryan Holiday is author of Ego is the Enemy. You can order his book at his website, which is ryanholiday.net. That's holiday with one L. Uh, at his site, there are links to order via Amazon and, of course, all that, uh, as well as all his other books, will, will be in the show notes. I can't recommend this book highly enough. This is definitely a book to get, to study, and to buy for everyone you care about. If you have teenagers, young adults, get this book for them. If you're a 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, 50-something, whatever, <laughs> you'll want to own this book. Ryan, much continued success over the next 70-plus years to you, my friend. Thank you so much. The big lesson I learned from Ryan is how practically every negative thing that takes place in our lives can be traced back to our ego and how we allowed it to control us. When that's the case, it truly is our enemy. In order to live a happy, successful, and fulfilled life, we must stay self-aware and sweep the floor every minute of every day. How do you do in the ego department? Are you like I am and find it something you need to continually keep on top of? If so, would it be worth doing? Please feel free to write me at bob at berg.com and let me know how you're doing in that regard. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, The Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review. And your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.